0: Good evening. This is going to be the uh, last presentation that I will make to you uh, uh, on our uh, Heaven and Hell series. Next week, uh, Mark uh, Lou Allen will begin a series in April. Um, so you'll have uh, him to look forward to hearing. I think A Beautiful Life is Golden is what his uh, first uh, lesson will be. And uh, Nothing But the Blood, Simple Brilliance, How Love Lifted Me, and uh, Why is uh, 70... (laughs) Bifocals being what they are. 728B, I don't understand what he's talking about there, but I guess uh, he's going to explain it to me and everyone else. Uh, Last week, turn to Revelation uh, 21 and 22. We are at the end of the Bible. And at the end of this study... There is a huge amount of material here. Whether I will be able to get through it or not, I don't know. I'll do the best I can. At the end of last study, uh, Dr. Cole and I had an interesting discussion. He said, you know, you said that we'd forget all the bad things that had occurred during our lifetime. I said, yeah, yeah. I saw a commentator that said that. And uh, he said, well, you know, I don't know that I'm really comfortable. I want to forget all the bad things because I want to remember why I'm here. Good point. So, being me, I looked it up, and uh, we're both right. Uh, John Piper says uh, that his conclusion was what we will forget and what we will remember is not a simple class of bad or good. Rather, we will forget and remember things in accord with what will maximize our enjoyment of God. Isn't that nice? If remembering something enhances our worship, we 'll remember it if it, it would hinder our worship, we will forget it. So I think that 's a, a, uh, a point that was worth pursuing, and that 's a pretty good explanation for uh, uh, what we were both talking about. Uh, turn to Roman of uh, romans revelation twenty one if you 're in romans twenty one you 're in the wrong place um, and let's start with that. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now, we said everything else has been cast into the lake of fire. All the bad things are gone. So this is a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, Re- Revelation 1 uh, through, uh, 1, 1 through 3.22. That's Jesus as the Lord of the churches. All right. Revelation 4 to 20. That's the Lion over the Nations. And then now we are in Jesus the Lamb among the believers. Revelation 21 and 22. That's where we are now. So you've got the, He is the Lord of the churches. Lion over the nations. And the Lamb among the believers. But we're starting off with a new heaven and a new earth. And there, that's not the first time that's been referred to in Scripture. It was prophesied in Isaiah... Uh, sixty five and ends of the psalms uh it's been spoken of a new heaven and a new earth, all things made new basically basically we started off Genesis with what we would call paradise lost we 're going to complete revelation with paradise regained okay um And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Now that impressed John. No more sea. You've got to remember, in the Jewish mind, sea could mean the abyss. Remember how when they were crossing, the, you know, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Fall into that sea. You're falling into the abyss. Uh, Sea also stood for trouble. It stood for uh, instability. It stood for separation, evil. Uh, Revelation 13 and 1. And I stood on uh, the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Having seven heads and ten horns upon his heads. Names of blasphemy. So the sea is a scary place. It's gone now. No more sea. So that really had a profound effect, I believe, on John. No more trouble. No more separation. The holy city descends. This is the place of our citizenship. We are already citizens there. We don't, have not realized it yet. But we've received the earnest or the security of our citizenship in that city and I John saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband what more beautiful picture can one imagine than a bride prepared for her husband that was the the sweetest analogy that John could find Um, James Burton Kaufman says that all of the Uh, prophecies of the uh, eternal state of joy find their fulfillment in revelation Uh, the Bible would not be complete without these two chapters but he cautions against being confused by the language don't get carried away with specifics or tied down to uh, because what John is doing is he's doing his best to convey something that can't really really be conveyed some of these things will be specific some of them will be the best picture that he can present but in virtually every case what we see here in the verses the actual thing when we get to heaven will be so much better it's just it it will defy uh, any uh, expectation and I heard a great, a great voice out of heaven, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Remember the Moses tabernacle. That was a representation of God with men. Now, best, best thing imaginable. God and man are together. Okay, And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and he will be their God. Now, just dwell with them doesn't mean just be in the same place. It means to have a heightened understanding, and ability to uh, understand the, uh, the quality, the better understand the qualities of Christ. Everything he did for us. Uh, we'll have a relationship with him, that is even better than what was initially uh, there in the, uh, uh, in the Garden of Eden. Now, this is going to be the dwelling place of God. It's where we'll be, the holy city. So, Christianity conveys an image so different than some kind of nirvana where you're out there by yourself. Cities where people live, that's interaction. Okay, and you're interacting with people who you love and who love you. Um, but it's interaction, purity, sinless, a community of righteousness is what the commentators talk about. Can't be achieved by man. League of Nations was a bust. United Nations is not going to work, and the new world order ain't going to make it, okay? Man cannot do it. Only God can create this perfect community of harmony. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. One of my favorite old preachers, Charles Spurgeon says it this way this is the greatest glory of heaven and the ultimate restoration of what was lost in the fall quote I do not think the glory of Eden lay in its grassy walks or in the boughs bending with luscious fruit but in its glory lay in this that the Lord God walked in the garden in the cool of the day here was Adam's highest privilege that he had companionship with the Most High, close quote. That is what we will have in heaven. Not just being there. Not observing as spectators, but companionship and interaction with the Most High. And this is His desires we discussed last week. He desires it as much or more than we do. And then... In verse 4, it's kind of distinguished by what, what will not be there. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. All right? So it's marked by what will not be present. All tears will be wiped away James Burton Kaufman talked about one little girl said that he, God must have a pretty big handkerchief you know said, well there won't be any tears in heaven uh, Jeremiah and Jesus wept over Jerusalem Jesus knew what was going to happen to Jerusalem what happened to Jerusalem was just indescribable uh, after he said if they do these things in a green tea, tree what will they do in a dry well Josephus describes what they did in a dry, dry. that's why Jesus wept, he looked over and saw Jerusalem he saw the Romans and what they were going to do and they were going to starve the city out and it broke his heart all of those tears will be gone all things made new and he that sat upon the throne this is an authoritative announcement behold sit on the throne you're in in authority behold I make all things new and he said unto me write (laughs) probably John was so taken aback by all this I mean he's sitting there he's he's giving it one of these and and Jesus says write put it down because it's so inspiring it's so awesome what he's observing write write for these words are true and faithful. He said unto me, I'm, It is done. Everything that has transpired from the beginning is now accomplished and is in the continuing accomplishment in us. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life Freely. Freely. Most times when you would visit a king or a religious leader, you better bring a gift if you want an, audi- an audience. So that's, that's kind of reminiscent of, what is it, Isaiah 55? Come and buy without money or price, you know. Uh, you and I have no concept of thirst being a thirst we have no concept of what, what water meant to the Middle Eastern mind. When was the last time you were really thirsty? I was thirsty one time in my life. I will never forget it. I was on a fishing trip with my grandfather and my father. I was 11 years old. I don't know whose responsibility it was to pack the water, but I know whose it wasn't. It wasn't the 11-year-olds, okay? Okay. Well, we we fished all day. And sweated. We were on the Illinois River, and my grandfather, being the kind of guy he was, he just leaned down, you know, one of these, and he'd had his shots and everything. He knew. Well, for all I know, you know, I don't know what's upstream, Granddad. I, ain't, I'm not gonna do that. I don't know where Dad got his or what he did, but I know by the time we got back in that pickup, I cared not about anything except water. And I can remember looking out the side. Granddad was driving his pickup. And look out there. And, of course, it was a reflection of the sky and the streams. And they looked so blue and beautiful. And I wanted to say, if you would just stop right here. I'll hop that wire fence and and I'll go get a drink of water. I was thirsty. I wasn't interested in talking about anything else. That is thirst. Okay, That's when you really want something. And yes, we finally did find a general store. And I think I drank about three Coca-Colas or something like that. And I sloshed out of there, you know. But I, that's the only time in my life that I have ever been that thirst. I'll never forget it. That kind of thirst, that kind of water, water to a Middle Eastern people, better than gold. He that overcometh shall inherit all things and... I will be his God. He shall be my son. How can you get any closer than that? You can't. All things new. Redeemed man is better than uh, the original created man. What we have in Christ because of the fall not that anybody wanted it or whatever, but but we've been redeemed it cost more to get us back at first there was a relationship and it was marvelous it was wonderful but now our value was such that the son of god came and died for us he paid that price for us so we have there's greater value in the redemption story than there was in the original creation story it is done God's eternal uh, purpose is accomplished another quote from Spurgeon what does a thirsty man do to get rid of his thirst he drinks perhaps there is no better representation of faith in all the word of God than that to drink is to receive, to take in the refreshing draft. And that is all. A man's face may be unwashed. He was not politically correct back in the 1800s. A person's face may, not be unwa- may be unwashed, but yet that person can drink. That person may be very unworthy of character, but they can drink. A draft of water will remove their thirst. Drinking is such a remarkably easy thing, it is even more simple than eating. It's free. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, he shall be my son. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, and the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, idolaters, liars, shall all have their part in the lake of fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's already been done away. They've already been cast down there. They will not be present. So then the angel shows John the, the new Jerusalem in greater detail. He does liken there to a, a bride. But that's a, that's, a, that's a kind of a symbol. But the holy city, the new city of Jerusalem, is real, it's a place. It has, it, it, it has walls. It has... And, and not to keep out enemies. But to know there's, there's definition to it. John describes its brilliance. In 11 through 14, let's see. Having the glory of God. God is light. And her light was like a stone. Most present. Now this is where he's using... Uh, metaphors and language that we, that a man or a woman can understand it may be specific or it may be just something that we can understand what it means is value what it means is glorious all of these things have to do with the glory of God and a wall great and high with twelve gates and at the gates twelve angels and the names written thereon which are the names of the twelve tribes Of the children of Israel. The nation of Israel has not been forgotten. And on the east three gates. On the north three gates. On the south three gates. And on the west three gates. And the wall of the city. Twelve foundations. And in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Okay. That's the foundation. So if we're talking about this grandeur, but we're not talking about, and this splendor, but we're not talking about value, we're talking about glory. That's what it is. describes the uh, measurements of the city. again it goes into the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished in all manner of precious stones, jasper remember the high priest had a, had the uh, what do they call it the, the, the breastplate that had the twelve uh, tribes of Israel all of them had stones on, uh, on, on this breastplate that he wore uh, verse 22 and I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. It's not that there's no temple. It's not that the temple's been done away with. The temple's expanded. God himself is the temple. And the city had no need of sun nor moon or shining, for the glory of God did lighten it. Lamb is the light thereof. The gates shall not be shut at all by day, for there was no night there. They, then they will bring glory and honor of the nations into it. There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination. This, is, this city is, is the perfect, sinless, sinless place. But all this symbolism has to do with the glorious glory of God and gold that you can see through that's transparency Transparency. in other words there's nothing to hinder seeing through it there's no sin there's, no, there's nothing to obscure the vision of it the temple's not been removed it's been expanded we'll be forever with God Let's see. Let's look at chapter 22. I'm skipping some things, but I'm going to have to move fast. Faster than that. Showed me a pure river of water of life. Crystal. Again, the value of water. Crystal. The value of water to the people who are reading this, we cannot comprehend. Water of life proceeding out from the throne of God. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was a tree of life. Well we're back to the tree of life Left, last heard of it in Genesis now here it is again now this can be imagined in any number of ways and commentators are all over the lot on how this happens but on either side of the river there, were a tree, well, there was the tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations can you eat there if you want to don't have to you're not going to be hungry but you can and there shall be no curse remember remember in Genesis God put a curse on the soil man had worked by the sweat of his brow that curse is gone it's been redeemed but the throne of God the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him you going to sit around and strum a harp no It's not going to be exhaustive work. It will be more like the work that that Adam and Eve did. It will be highly enjoyable. But our capacities, our sense of participation, our sense of understanding and value will be enhanced to the nth degree. We will serve God in the way that He wants to be served. But we're not going to be sitting around strumming a harp like is sometimes... uh, portrayed in uh, artwork. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their forehead. What greater joy than to see the face of God? His name on our forehead. That's identification. He identifies, he condescended to identify with us. Jesus did. Now we are identified in heaven with him. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light, for the Lord of God giveth the sun. Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever he said unto me these things are faithful and true and the Lord of the Holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done now it's going to be when it come, and here's the direct quote from the Lord behold I come quickly blessed is he that comes that keepeth the sayings of this prophecy of this book that doesn't mean he's coming in that lifetime But when he comes, there will be no time to change your uh, lifestyle. It'll happen quickly. That's what it means. And John, closest to the Lord, is overwhelmed. And for the second time, John falls down to worship for the feet of the angel, which showed him these things. And the angel says, "Uh, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant. John forgets what he already knows. I mean, he's overwhelmed by this. He falls down to worship the angel. He said, oh, you're going to get us both in trouble. You don't worship me. I'm just a fellow servant. Worship God. Okay. In verse 10, it's just opposite of Daniel. In Daniel, it said, seal up the book. Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Okay? day is a thousand years. A thousand years like a day. The time's at hand. And this is what I was saying, verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I will come quickly. That means whatever you're doing, you're not going to have time to to, do a, to turn on a dime and say, Oh, it's time to repent. Here comes the Lord. There won't be time for that. My reward is with me to give every man according to his work. Does that mean you're going to earn your salvation? Of course not. It means that because of your, your faith, your works will be because of your faith, But you're not going to earn your salvation. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And then in verse 18, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in the book. If any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So there's a very sobering admonition. Don't add, don't subtract. And by extension, that's probably true of the entire book but it's certainly true of revelation and he repeats it in verse 20 he which testifieth of these things saith surely I come quickly amen even so come Lord Jesus the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all amen two of the most beautiful chapters in the Bible and I went through them very quickly Worth sitting down and reading. Don't get distracted by the symbols and the. Don't be overly specific about it. It all translates into the splendor of heaven, it all translates into the glory of God and the unimaginable privilege we will have to be not just in His presence, but to interact, to have that relationship that had been disrupted by Satan that relationship is restored and we'll walk and talk with Jesus in heaven if you have or are in any way subject to the invitation and would like us to assist you we'd be more than happy to do that uh, if you did not have the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper uh, this morning uh, it will be available in uh, room 100 I think we're going to have one more song, are we not, Stan? And then uh, Dr. Cole will uh, dismiss us.